All right, welcome. Episode 30 to the Bobby Cast. Our first one after the break. By the way, uh, Mike D, welcome back. Hold on, where are you at? I'm four. There we go. Uh, you good, buddy? I'm good. Good to see you again. Except I see you every day. Yeah. Uh, today we have Brandon, the lead singer of Lanco here. Hey, Brandon. What is up, man? You've been adjusting your chair. The difference in this and any other interview that you'll ever do in your whole life, these are the most comfortable chairs. They are. You just sit back and relax. Wait about 18, 19 minutes, you'll start crying. You won't even notice it. <laughs> I know, that's the problem. I feel like I'm too comfortable. It's like, all keep... about getting comfortable. I'm ready to watch a movie. Ha- but, uh... Have a drink of this. Don't look at what I dropped inside of it. Have... <laughs> uh, so, all right, Brandon's here from Lanco. And before we talk about stuff, I just want to play a little bit of Lanco because you guys are considered brand new artists. So if you haven't heard any of Lanco's music, here's a little Long Live Tonight. Here's a little song called American Love Story. Best song, by the way. Oh, thank I mean, you. Listen, dude, I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> and we know each other a bit. A lot of people come out, I've never met them before. I'm just like, hey, yeah. you know, come in. I, I yeah, want to yeah. know your story. I guess we've met a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Briefly. Yeah, briefly. But but we've met. Um, and you guys are you pre- you guys are pretty young, huh? We are young. Yeah, we. Uh, are you 12? We are 13. Yes. <laughs> um, no, we're uh, we're all 20s. Yeah. You know, the, the we range from 20. Four to twenty-seven, so median age somewhere mid twenties, I guess. So uh, Lanco is a combination of a couple words, right? Isn't it like? Lan- yeah, it's Lancaster and Company. Yeah. From what I remember, somebody worked there, and that's where you guys like practiced and got together. Yeah, well, my so the band name comes from my name is Brandon Lancaster. So I, uh, so you know, I, I was oh, that's not a, like a warehouse. I no, like a there is a warehouse in the story. <laughs> okay, but it's not it, not Lancaster. Um, my name is Brandon Lancaster. So, uh, you know, it, it, early days in Nashville, when uh, well, I, I'm trying to think how far to go back. I, I met Trip, who's the drummer in Lanco, and he worked at a carpet warehouse. And uh, I met him in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was going to school out there, and, and we both played a music festival out there in different bands. And I'm from Nashville originally. I grew up outside of Nashville. You know how rare that is? Oh, I know, which is fun. I didn't know that was rare until – because when you grow up here, everyone's from here. I grew up in Smyrna, south of Nashville. And, uh, yeah, when you grow up here, everyone's from here. And then I went to school, and when I came back, you know, started making new friends and meeting people, and everyone would ask where I was from. And that question was so strange to me because I was like, I'm – down the road, here, yeah. Where where are you from? And they're, they're always like, "You're from here." I'm like, "Yeah, where are you from? What are you doing?" More here? people aren't from here. Oh, yeah. Especially in the business that we're in. Absolutely, yeah. More like 99 percent people aren't from here. It's weird oh, yeah. that you're I, from. I know. I've met very few people that are from here. Um, but uh, yeah, I but I went to school in Chattanooga. So when I moved back, Trip was moving to Nashville like the same week I was. So you know, I. I've been writing songs, I mean, virtually my whole life, and uh, and and so I told him, you know, I have this slew of songs, and I, I want to put a band together, and and kind of gave him the idea, and and so we put it together, you know, 
my name is Brandon Lancaster. So it started as, you know, Lancaster and, and something. And we thought we'd build a band around, around Let me that. ask you about that. Let me stop you for a second. Right. Because I always thought, you know, all the guys in Dave Matthews' band. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Dave Matthews' band. <laughs> like Dave Matthews' band. Yeah. Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. Nobody else's name. Right. Van Halen. Yeah. Got a couple Van Halen, bro. No way. <laughs> How come – is it because you're the one that came up with the idea and he was just cool with it? Because yeah. his last name's not company, is it? Yeah. Uh, it actually is. No, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, we were a duo. It was Lancaster. No, it was uh, – I think the way it started, you know, at first, like he was in a different band and I had written a bunch of songs. It was a thing where I, I could have done a solo project if I wanted to. I could have just, you know, made it mine and, and hired guys out and – you know, kind of had a revolving door, which is what happened in Nashville a lot. And early on, that's kind of what I thought might happen, you know, because I had these songs and you just don't know how long you're going to keep a guitar player or a bass player because um, everyone's working and has to, you know, kind of go where the money is sometimes. But early on, it was, you know, this thing where I, I wrote these songs, but I want to build a band around it. I did look at Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and I did look at, at Dave Matthews Band where there is a primary songwriter and there's this guy that came with the songs, but there's a band around it that makes it unique and has its own sound. And when you keep those same guys together, like even like a Zach Brown band, you know, it, it has a unique sound because they've had time. The same guys have had time to craft that sound and, and, and build what they're doing and, and also go through hard times together, go through great times together. Um, and, and so early on, I, I didn't know what it would look like. You know, I didn't know if it would be a band band or if it would be this, Zach Brown band or Dave Matthews band and, and guys might come in and come out and you keep hiring and, and you keep adding people. I didn't know at all what it would look like. I just knew we had Lancaster and then if Trip wanted to be in this band, we could have a company and start building it. And that was also where the name change kind of came though was or when we shortened it was because it was the same guys for, for a long time. You know, we had gone a year and, and then we had just all become friends. We we're like, all right, this is a band. So but people know this is Lancaster and Company, but let's shorten it to more of a band name kind of sound. Pretty selfless Lanco. thing to shorten because Lanco does not sound like Brandon Lancaster. Right. It doesn't. So right. it's a selfless thing to make that move to go Lanco. Because if it were me, I'd have been like, we're going to call ourselves Brancaster. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to change the name to Brancaster. <laughs> so ever. But, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that, that you two together. Well, where would the other two guys come from, though? So there, it's a five piece all together. So I, so Trip and I were jamming, and which one of you guys do I not know? Then you, I don't. I've never know. met all five of you at once. I, I don't think so. Who's the one that you don't like? Because that's the, the one I haven't met. Um, who? Probably, I mean, probably Trip. Like, even though you've met him, I, no, I'm kidding. Trip and I are, are best friends, and obviously have the most history together. But we, uh, yeah, there's five of us all together, and we had, you know, Trip, myself, and we literally would just sit, and he'd play drums, and I'd play guitar, and. It's like, man, we need more instruments. Um, and so we, uh, I met this guy at a songwriting competition that went to MTSU, and we started talking. I was like, I'm putting this band together. Do you know any guitar players? Let's start there. And he gave me a list of guitar players. And going back to kind of the session player thing, I I met one guy who was awesome, and he was great, good vibe, good hang. And, and I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. I can't wait for him to play with us. He was like, yeah, you know, my day rate's 250 a day. And I immediately was like, oh, that may not work which means he's not investing coming in low with the high he just wants to pay 250 a day right right he's a, a player there's a difference which he deserves i mean you know yes. he had done a lot of things and played with other people and this is he's at that point where he is a professional career musician 
where we were doing this thing, we were building it from the ground up. And uh, you got to be poor to build from the ground up. Absolutely. Frankly. Like you yeah. have to be willing to be poor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he we wasn't were... willing to be poor, which is fair no. because he didn't have to be. Right, exactly. And uh, and it would I don't think it would have worked because when you're starting out, you you've, you've kind of all got to be on the same page because you're going to play really bad gigs and really awkward gigs and you're going to be in situations where it sounds bad and you're not getting paid anything except for free food and drinks or whatever it is and if everyone's not in the same mindset and kind of in the same place and with the same vision, there's going to be someone unhappy. So I think it's important in that early stage to kind of make sure you're on the same page with that. So the next guy I called up went to MTSU and, all, and and we started talking and we clicked musically and and uh, you know I, was, I invited him to come out and play with us. So the three of us started playing and that was Eric, okay. who's a guitar player. So Eric Tripp and I started playing and then Eric went to school with Chandler who plays bass and Jared who who plays everything. Um, so he brought them along. So then we had three MTSU guys and trip myself. And you know, it was funny cause the first time I remember the first rehearsal was in this random living room, this guy let us use. And, uh, and we were playing and we had this whole plan. Like I had these songs, we were going to practice them. And, and we really probably played music for like 20 or 30 minutes and then just started hanging out. We like took a break and just, and we hung out to like three in the morning. And then it was like, you guys want to do this tomorrow? Like, We'll hang out tomorrow and maybe bring our instruments. And, and so it started real organically and real naturally as, as it turned into five friends hanging out who also played music. Um, okay, so you had to become friends. Right. It's a tough thing to do. Yeah. It, and it, five is a lot of personalities. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I know it because, one, I, I, I hang out with the same people every day to do a radio show. Yeah. We're together every day. Yeah, yeah. Many hours. Yeah. And... You learn, and at first there's an infatuation stage right. where you're like, these are the greatest people in the world. Yeah. That's like, I'm so tired of a couple of them. Then you're tired of another couple yeah, of them. Yeah. And then you just realize what everyone's faults right. are and how to accept them and if you really want to be in it long term. And so are the five people that you started officially Lanka with? Are the same five now? Same five. So, so no, but <clears throat> nobody switched in and out? Nope. No one switched in and out. Here's the awkward question. When did you – do you get paid more than everybody else? Uh, No. You guys split it five ways. Yeah. Look at that. So the and look at that. How about that? Yeah, yeah. So we I mean, and that was another thing early on. It's it's for me, um yeah, you're good dude. Now there there are things where in the future, you know, if people you know people well, if write if different things. If you write things, it's different. Right, because that's right. but that's, early on, honestly, early on, I was the first one to get a publishing deal. And so I fronted the cost for everything because we we got this rv to tour around in um and i would pay for gas like i just my publishing money i looked at as lanco's money so i was paying for everything and i wasn't taking money for for show gigs i would just you know everyone would split it because i i i you know i looked at it you know lanco helped me get this publishing deal and and we're all in this together and and so now it's evened out to where yeah we play shows we all get paid for it and it's also two different jobs. As a band, mm-hmm. you guys are playing, and it's really awesome that you split it five ways because your name's in the band. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but you all do write, and if you have publishing deals, that's a whole different thing because right, you're right. paid. You have to write a certain amount of songs. Right, right. And we have different publishing deals too, you know, so like with different companies, and we write for different people. You know, we're, we're all over the place, so it would get really messy if you started throwing that all in there. Um, but as far as, yeah, we're all on stage together. We're all sweating the same. We're all... If someone buys a T-shirt, we all work to help sell that T-shirt on stage, and so there you go. That's interesting. <laughs> Surprised with that whole 
If my name was in it, would I go even? It's probably not. My band's not real, so it doesn't matter. All our, <laughs> our stuff's different. Uh, let me talk about this for a second. Let's talk about uh, sleep number bed first. Did you peek in my bedroom walking in? Don't lie. Uh, absolutely. I didn't peek. I walked in. That's a sleep, I, that's a sleep I got in the bed, yeah. actually. Started Good. watching TV. It's a sleep number bed. If you have a New Year's resolution, if it's to lose weight, exercise, or have less stress, a sleep number bed. Actually, what you need to have before you start that. Better sleep, better you can feel, the better you can get these resolutions done. You got to have seven, eight hours of sleep at night, and the sleep number bed for me lets me sleep, lets me sleep good, lets me sleep hard. <laughs> for me, it's tough to sleep, wake up at three in the morning. My sleep number setting is 30. There's a sleep IQ score. Sleep number queen mattresses start at $699.99. Right now, lowest prices of the season. Save 600 bucks on the sleep number I8 bed. You only find sleep number into the 500 sleep number stores nationwide. 800 next bed, and tell them you heard it here on the Bobby Bones show. So here with Brandon. Lancaster of, of Lanco. And so, okay, you guys are a band. Um, let's just kind of go around the circle for a second and, and start with what's happening right now. You guys are out on the road with a couple of my friends, Brothers Osborne, right yeah. now. And so when you're out on the road, how much time do you actually spend together with the other band? With them, uh, it's been a pretty cool situation because we hang out pretty much every night. Um, we, you know, we kind of knew them before and we got to hang out with them once before. And then I know, I know John from just the writing circles in Nashville and, and his wife, Lucy. And so there's, there was already kind of a connection there. And so we're, we're kind of just all buddies. And, and I mean, honestly, most nights after the show, we'll walk on their bus and hang out until bus call. And, and before the show, you know, might hang out in the dressing room. It's, it's, it's a pretty tight community. It's really fun. They're good dudes. Yeah. And there are a lot of good people, and there are people, and it also gets busy, and yeah. groups stay in groups. And, right, right. But they're they're good dudes. Yeah, they're very and they're very genuine. You know, the first time we really hung out with them was at this festival in uh, uh, Michigan, and and I knew John, but no one really knew each other in the band, or you know, no one in Lanco knew John or TJ, and so I talked to John. John was like, "You guys should come hang out with us uh, after we're done playing." So. We were in this 98 Winnebago at the time, and they invited us onto our bus. And this was 3 in the afternoon, and we were supposed to leave at 4 in the afternoon. We ended up staying there till literally 2 in the morning. And it wasn't just a good hang. Like, John and TJ, like, we were on their bus. We were watching TV, um, watching sports. And, and, I mean, they're so cool. They literally were like, man, we've been, we've been, we've been in a van. We've been in all kinds of vehicles. We know what it's like to not have a bus. If you got, like... You're tired, take a nap, you know, you guys can hang out, you know, we got TVs, like grab yourself a beer, water, whatever you guys need, what's ours is yours. And so we thought that was so cool that they kind of, you know, approached it that way and really it just seemed so genuine. They they didn't have you don't have to do that. You can hang out with someone and not be that inviting and that cool. And so we we from from day one we've just thought the world of them and, and think they're really genuine guys. I think that's why a lot of the internal community roots for them too, not only are they really good. But they're really good people, and there's a lot of good people, but yeah. then they're genuine humans, yeah. and those dudes are cool. I, I, I had dinner with John a couple of nights ago, and John Osborne is one with the big beard mm-hmm. and kind of the big red hair. Yeah. TJ's the clean-cut guy. Yeah. DJ. 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 You know, <laughs> definitely the vocalist. Uh, and John plays guitar like a madman. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's apps. I'm not kidding. They're one of the only acts. I, I respect, really, we get to be with so many acts. We've toured with so many acts this past year, and I respect all of them, and they all have different strengths. Um, but Brothers Osborne is the only band that we've toured with that, ev- I'm not kidding, every night after we're done, we load up our stuff, 
we all either walk back out front or side stage and just watch their set because it, it's so good. And and every night John brings it on the guitar, and and TJ just a great vocalist, and it's it's such a pleasure to watch them. And it's a story of John's been in Nashville as of right now sixteen years. Yeah, and they're just now. Yeah. Starting to be like a thing, right? Right, and they've always been good, but yeah. they're just now starting to be a thing. Sixteen years, yeah, absolutely. It's a testament of just stay with it and yeah. grind. And if okay, if a song doesn't make it, okay, what's the next one? Right. You get dropped from a label, okay, what's the next one? Right. You get what's the next one? Keep going, and right. you know that's that's a great story for young people because you know you do, things just don't fall into your lap. Oh. Trust me, I know. <laughs> so for you, where did it start? Like, when did people start sniffing around and think these, these Lanco guys are pretty good? Well, you know, we got we got our start. You know, in a we would we would play in Murfreesboro sometimes, but really, Trip worked at this warehouse, literally right down the street, and uh, uh, at, at Myers Warehouse, and they've actually knocked it down since then, which is sad. But we didn't even we couldn't even afford a place to practice, and so Trip, you know, literally was like, "I have the key to my warehouse. I work. We could sneak in there at night." So we would, you know, literally sneak in there every night and just play. And, you know, there was no air, no heat. So in the winters, it was freezing. In the summers, literally there's videos going around of us, like, practicing in our boxers because we're all just sweating. And But we're going to play and we're going to practice. So we were doing that. And we would play We would play wherever we could. But one thing for us was because we were a band and we had original music, finding a place in Nashville was always a struggle. Because if you go to Broadway, they want a four-hour cover set. Because and, tourists are right. there and they want to hear familiar songs. Exactly, which yeah. I totally get and understand. And I mean, I've had plenty of nights on Broadway when I first moved here, and I love singing all the classic songs. But uh, for us, you, we were, you know, we would do covers. We have no problem doing covers, but we really wanted to showcase our original music and really wanted to grow as a band, growing our original music. So we would play wherever we could get a gig, but it might be outside of Broadway. It might be on Demumbrium or in Midtown. Um, and these are streets in Nashville for yeah, everyone that, that's yeah, listening yeah, yeah. out of the country. Yeah, it's a, they're all still downtown, but they're not on that main strip, and it's, it's where a little more original music is at. So we were doing that for a while, and then, but we all had odd jobs. You know, I was working at a concession stand. And, and Didn't you work at Bridgestone? I worked at Bridgestone Arena. Which is, the, it, every town has a big arena. And Bridgestone is where, you know, like if Keith Urban played Bridgestone. It's, you know, it's the, right. it's the is, Madison Square Garden of New York. Right, which is funny you say Keith Urban played Bridgestone because this is where our lot, literally our lives took a turn. We had been playing this music, playing gigs, playing in bars, honestly playing in like restaurants where people are eating mozzarella sticks and you're trying to put on a show. And one night I'm working concessions, selling hot dogs and burgers and, and soda, all that stuff. And Were you already it, a band at this point, though? And yeah. You were practicing? Okay. Oh, yeah. We were a band. We were playing gigs. We were doing whatever we could. And this was a point where we were sitting around. We were trying to demo songs in Nashville. We were trying to get a producer. It, but going from that band that plays some songs to a band that has recorded music to a band that sells to a band that gets a record deal, there's so many steps and we were talking about those steps. You know, how do we get a producer? How do we get recorded music? How do we afford it? Should we do a GoFundMe or what should we do? Right around that time, I'm working a Keith Urban concert at Bridgestone. And uh, by working, you mean get your hot dogs? Yeah, get yeah. your hot dogs. Uh, just doing the register. And I see a guy walk by that I recognized. And uh, his name's Jay Joyce. He's a producer in Nashville. And he, you know, he had produced Eric Church. He had produced Keith Urban. He had produced. Uh, Carrie Underwood and Little Big Town and, and a bunch of rock bands, classic, you know, Emmylou Harris, Cage the Elephant. 
Um, he was. He also played with the Wallflowers. Yeah, like he's a great player. Oh yeah. It, for I mean, great musician, then producer. He's done all the Miranda stuff. Like yeah. played a lot of guitar on that. So he's. Been, so I was a fan. We were all fans of his as a producer, as a player, and we we knew him, you know, and and he was just one of those guys. That, and we love Eric Church. You know, he's he did all the Eric Church records, and I'm working my register at Bridgestone and see him walk by. At a Keith Urban show. At a Keith Urban show. Yeah. And the Little Big Town was also playing that, and he had worked on both those records. So I, that's, that's why I was there. Um, he walks by, and my line was kind of dead. There oh, you went people. after him at the show? I shut down my register, asked the people in my line if they could move to another line. While they were yelling at me, I kind of just left and walked up to him. And what were you wearing? I need to visualize this. <laughs> well, when you go up to Jay Joyce, he's a big producer and big, yeah. big player and has worked... I mean, again, everything from Faith to Urban to Thomas Rhett, Little Big yeah. Town, like all this. Yeah. What are you wearing? I'm wearing khakis and a Bridgestone Arena uniform what? and a name tag that says, my name is Brandon. What color is the shirt? Blue yeah. and gold. Because it's Predator's colors. Okay. So, so you go up to J. Joyce, who's there to... Oh, and a, a visor, a Bridgestone visor. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. You go up to this really cool, innovative producer. Mm-hmm. In the dorkiest clothes imaginable, <laughs> and you say what? Well, first I saw I was like down. It was kind of it's the very end of the arena, so it's kind of a dead part. And he was the only person standing there. And I'm down, and I kind of go, Jay, Jay, to see if he'll turn his head to make sure to we, make sure it's yeah, him because yeah. it's so weird that it could even be him because you know it's like it. What is he even doing here? He's you know I, he doesn't get out much. And uh, and I go Jay, and he turns his head, and I just walk up to him, and I. Hey man, my name's Brandon, which was funny because I'm wearing a name tag. My name's Brandon. Yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, my name's Brandon, and uh, I, you know, I just wanted to tell you, man, I, I'm a huge fan of what you do, uh, and, and just told him, you know, I, I, I love the records he'd worked on and, and referenced some records. And did you know this happens to him every minute of every day? Like, yeah, did, I'm just wondering where the approach came in. Like, what did you do that was different? You know, I. I don't know. One, I will say one thing about Jay is he doesn't go out a lot. Like he was, I think three of the five album of the years, the album of the year this year for CMAs, either two or three of the five he had worked on. He wasn't at the CMA awards. Like he didn't even go, he was working. So he, but when he does go out, I know people approach him, but you know, I, I didn't, cause people always say like, Oh, you made a move. Like you pitched yourself. Like you saw something, you went, not really. Like as much as I'd like to say like, yeah, I really went for it. I just, Loved what the guy did. I loved his work. And were you knowledgeable in his work? So you yes. knew you just weren't full a- of crap. Absolutely. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. If you go to someone and you don't have time to prepare and you know everything about them, yeah. there's, a, there's a respect that even though you're pitching, they're like, oh, you actually right. know what I do. Right. And that, that's what I, you know, initially I just went up to tell him I, I loved the Eric, the last Eric Church record, the Outsiders that he had done, and, and the, the little Big Town stuff. And also like Cage the Elephant, it's a rock band, and Amosley, you know. And I asked him a few questions about some of the stuff on the record. And, and so we just started talking music. Um, and then that came around to him asking, you know, about me and my thing. And, and he was like, you're a songwriter, right? Because I, you know, talked about writing. And I was like, yeah, I'm a writer and I'm in a band. He's like, well, tell me about the band. Kind of started talking about it. And he just real nonchalantly goes, that, that's cool, man. You should come play me some music sometime. And you, I, got, you got an erection. I, that that would be uh, that would be putting it lightly. No, uh 
<laughs> well, it's, I mean, the thing is, in Nashville, though, you hear that kind yeah, of stuff. Everyone's like, let's have dinner. Let's get together. Let's, let's write together. Yeah, let's, let's write. write. I mean, that's, that's the Nashville yeah. line. Hey, man, let's write together. Right. Really cool. You never. I mean, and yeah. I'd had producers before, you know, say like, oh, I'd love to work with some stuff, man. And it doesn't happen. They don't call you back. They're busy for two years, you know, whatever it may and be. And frankly, you're unknown. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what, what's the benefit of working with some kid who's in a dorky set of khakis? <laughs> I mean, they were the, cool khakis, man. <laughs> there's always a benefit if you hit the right one, but there are a thousand dorky kids in khakis coming right. at you. Absolutely. So for him to go, hey, play me some music, it's one thing. Mm-hmm. But for him to actually follow up, right. now how did that happen? So I, I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to, man. That'd be cool. Not even thinking it could be real. That was towards the end of the conversation. Kind of the conversation you know, came to an end. And I thought, what if he is serious? What if I really could play him some music? That'd be so cool just to play for him, you know, just to even go to a studio. So I, I like started walking right away and awkwardly turned. I was like, hey, I, I just realized that I don't have your number. Is there a way I can get your number? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. And he, well, it's funny. He just said it. Like he said his number. And thank God I had my phone out and really quickly put it in and saved it. And I was like, cool. Thanks, man. Was it like. Are you married, single, got a girlfriend right now? I have, right now I have a girlfriend. Okay. Was it like when you meet a girl and you you meet them and you like them and you have like, oh, I can't wait to call them. I don't know when I should call them. Oh, yeah. Like I don't know what day, what time of the day should I yeah. call. Was that like that? It was exactly like that. I went – so that night – so Trip the Drummer literally lives on the next street over from here, by the way. Um and we were at, you know, neighbors down the street. We were over there. Or we were a pub down there. And he was there. And I, I was like, hey, I text him after work, like, stay where you're at. I got to come over to the pub. I got to show you something. And I went there and showed him, just showed him Jay's number. Just said Jay Joy's in his number. And he's like, no way. You know, and then it kind of became like, well, now what? I mean, what do we call him? So I thought, let's get some music together. Let's get some good demos so we can have an accurate representation of what we're doing. So we went through like two different producers Paid them like for demo costs. By the way, you're hiring producers to produce something so another producer hears it. Right. Just de- I mean, it was just demos. You know, it's like, hey, will you but demo still, some stuff? Demos right. aren't recording into your iPhone. They're, right, right. They're recording into your iPhone like right. a work tape, and then there's getting someone to actually put a little work into a track. And, right. And you're paying a producer, so another producer will hear it and hopefully produce <laughs> you. Yeah. Like it's so many little steps. Yeah. is What we were talking about. Absolutely. And so. And that's I, that's the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to have demos when you go to someone, and and we'll demo stuff ourselves, but it just doesn't sound as good as going to a studio. So I was like, all right, let's play, let's pay a few hundred bucks per track and give them like three songs and have some work tapes. And we had two different producers. Like we'd start and then they'd bail, and now a month had passed since I had I had talked to Jay. Oh, he totally forgot about you. Yeah, right? and so I I was on my way over the studio to like talk to this producer that had, had he was a good guy a nice guy but he was just busy and, and it just he wasn't getting to our stuff and i'm in traffic and i swear this is like a movie and this sounds so corny but i'm listening to the radio and springsteen comes on not bruce eric Church yeah is springsteen eric church's song, springsteen yeah. which jay had produced and i hear it and i literally just pull out of traffic pull into a parking lot and i'm like you know i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna call him and I just call him, didn't have anything to offer, didn't, like, I'd love to send you some demos. I said, hey, man, this is really random. My name's Brandon Lancaster. I met you, uh, like, a month ago at Bridgestone. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, what's up? I was like, hey, well, you know, you, you, you said about a month ago that maybe I'd come over and play some music, and, and I, I'd love to do that. I, and I kind of started giving my story about not having demos. He's like, he goes, and this is very, Jay goes, look, kid, what do you want to do? Why are you calling me? What do you want? And I was like, 
I want to be an artist. I want to be an artist. I want to be a songwriter. I'm in this band. I, I want to play all over the world. I want to, I want people to hear our music. I want to be a songwriter. I just, the next step, I'm trying to get that next step. He's like, all right, we'll come over tomorrow around three o'clock. Wow. That quick, huh? Yeah. So I go over by myself and play him some songs on acoustic guitar, which it's funny. We put all that work in trying to get demos, but the way Jay is, he wants to hear it kind of. So he's like, eh, just play like pick up that guitar and play like play what you think is a single. So I played him a song. He's like, what'd you play him? Uh, we do. Yeah, I got that right here. This is uh, it's actually you at Jay sent us this. This is you at his. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. But I do have this song. Here's we do So you play you play this form acoustic. Yeah, it's acoustic. What's his face like when you're playing it? Uh, or are you watching it? Uh, I'm kind of, but you know, I'm just trying not to think about that. This means anything in my mind when you're in those situations. Like I, I I'm a very my personality. Is I'll, I'm, I'll look. I'm very future oriented. I'll think like, well, how is this going to play out, and what will happen if I do this and this and this. But in those kind of situations, I can freak myself out. So I kind of just. That's the kind of situation where you go, you know what? This is really cool. No matter how this turns out, I'm going to tell my kids about this one day. I want to be like, yeah, I went to this guy's studio playing some songs. I got to meet him and played his piano, you know, whatever it was. And and so I was kind of just in the moment playing the song, just enjoying that I was playing it for him. And uh, I finished, and he's stone cold. Like, he he's good poker face. He, and he's, you know, he's not going to, like, show emotions. So he's like, cool, man. Yeah, so you can you can write a good song that sounds like a hit. That's cool. Uh now play a song that never would be on the radio, but you really like it. And I played him another song uh, called "In the Morning" that we actually ended up cutting, uh, and uh, it's not out yet. In but the it, morning, every not that one. Oh, that's Sugar Ray. If uh, <laughs> if I wrote that, then I would have flown my private jet you over would. here. That's true. Um, it's every morning, by yeah. <laughs> for those that are going to correct me on Twitter. But yeah, so you play "In the uh, Morning" for him. Yeah, and and you know it's a it's a more of a ballad and a, a different time signature and. It's a little more artsy, but it's a very real song lyrically. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a love song, but it starts out, I'm tired of you, you're sick of me. Um, and it's kind of about just the journey of no matter what we're going through in the morning, we're still going to wake up and be best friends. So just know that, and it's okay, whatever we're going through right now. Um, so I played him that, and then I played him American Love Story. Which is your best song, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I played it for him then. <laughs> and uh, and he, he thought it was cool, and he was like, all right, that's that's you know that's, I've, I've heard what I need to hear and after that so he produced you because of that that in America I guess yeah I mean he he produced you because of We Do and and, <laughs> and I hate using love story and then American love story man. <laughs> that's very that very was this is a good song right here though man thank you very much man we, we love this one like, long enough time is good. It's fine. Yeah. Let me tell you, this American Love Story is really your best song. Thank yeah. you, man. We're excited about that one. And that, you know, from day one, American Love Story is a special song. It's a story. It's it's the reason. It's a song that's the reason you're in country music. Um, it's just that story that people relate to. Um, and it's been cool to play it on the road literally every night, which we love it. Like, people keep doing it. But every night, people come up to us and tell us how they are the American love story. And that's their story. Whether it's someone's deployed in the Army and they came back, or whether they met in high school or met in college. Or we'll have old couples, young couples. And so it's been really cool to see a song like that relate to so many different people on so many levels and kind of 
put their story into it. So you went off to college and I got a job. I was working at nine to five. About this band, the singer kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, terrible. I never felt so alive. I spent my days working, spent my nights drinking, howling at the moon, screaming for the days when you were coming back. No, it couldn't come too soon. Couldn't come too soon. When I was gonna be your forever. Story there from Lanco. Man, this is a girlfriend you have. How long have you guys been together? Oh man, a while. We met in college, so about I think six years. Hmm. hmm. I knew there'd be something to it when you took a breath before you answered. <laughs> well, it's because I always get it wrong how long we've been together. <laughs> six years, huh? Yeah. How does she feel about this with you? The growth, the road, you're a good-looking dude, you're fronting <laughs> a band, you're getting some tra- – it's – as much as it's a grind for you on this front, mm-hmm. I don't know, or never matter. Yeah. It's also a little – it's work for her, right. too. absolutely. To have to be in a relationship with someone like you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, touring, being in a band, that's one thing. Just – Being in a relationship with me, period, I think could be tough. Um, But with all the added stuff, you know, one thing that I think that we have an advantage is that she she knew me in college. We got to know each other in college, became friends in college, started dating college. She's seen me go from a college student playing in coffee shops and bands in college to moving to Nashville, staying up, you know, talking all night about, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how we're going to, you know, complaining she was there when we get the record deal. She's there when you get the publishing deal. She's there when you have first mixes. She's there when you – everything that's happened, she's been there for. So when, when times are hard, she's kind of been through this journey with you. So she's, she's really excited for me. She's really excited for the band. And she's been a part of our story. And so she knows how hard we've worked for it, and she knows how hard I've worked for it. And so there's – just so much support. And so even when times are hard, when you're gone, you miss each other, whatever it may be. Um, I think because we've built such a foundation, she's been a part of this. Is she Yoko, Yoko you a little bit? Like, all right, Brandon, let's go solo. I think you can do this, buddy. <laughs> Not at all. No, yeah, she wants to be in a duo, and we're going to – that's that's the, actually the next step. No, Does she not, sing, though? Uh, she, she used to. Like, she's a musical person. She can sing, but she's a teacher. So – Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Man, listen, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. It's really good to date someone not – in the same yeah. kind of industry ish. Yeah. As I say that at the time of this recording, <laughs> my girlfriend's an artist. Right, right. So it's it's grinding because mm-hmm. we're both we're both right. in different path. It's solid that she has a foundation e job because mm-hmm. you're nuts, right? Yeah, and it's a nice balance. Yeah, and and teaching specifically, you know, it's cool because they get summers off and and breaks off and stuff. So. She can try out like this summer, you know, she can't, we played Lollapalooza, she came to Lollapalooza and just different festivals like that. But then also it's nice. There are things where if you were dating someone in the industry, I think it'd be cool because you guys could talk about, you could talk about industry things and there'd be, you would understand it a little more than, than a teacher might, but it is nice to get off the road and kind of have another life and kind of be able to take a break. And when she's talking about her day, I don't really have a, if she's talking about her classroom or lesson plans or, or another teacher, whatever it is, you know, I can just 
relax and listen. And it's as opposed to where if she was like a songwriter, or a, I'd be like, well, maybe you should. And, and before you know it, you're now like trying to handle two careers. Um, but I, I mean, I think that's cool. I think that, it, you know, you're dating an artist. I think that'd be cool to, you know, cause you have, then you have a it's major a, thing in common. But. I'm dating a good person. <laughs> the artist thing. Yeah, right. Artists are weird. And, oh, and I, I, and I say that, and I, we're both different kinds of artists. Mm-hmm. We, we, we create different things. Yeah. We're nuts. Yeah. You have to be nuts to do what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what grade, she, like what age of the kids that she teaches? She's been all over the place. She used to do elementary, then she did, uh, did middle school, and now she is doing high school. Oh, dude. I bet the high school kids are like, oh, that would be so, because <laughs> she's a young high school teacher. Yeah. No, she's actually 53. So that's what I'm talking about. Just kidding. Got that uh, <laughs> November, March romance. It's even longer. So, okay. Wait, wait. No, she's she's teaching high school kids. Yeah. I mean, they probably think they got, I mean, she's not married. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I was in high school, I'd be like, For, like I'm a get, I'm, I'm a get. I'm a tra- <laughs> yeah. Like do, do the high school dudes a little bit flirt with her? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Like, and she, she used to help coach cheerleading. So she would get, be at all the was football games and basketball. Uh, she's at a private school, so it's kind of like, you know, you do everything. Yeah, it, yeah. like she t- she was a cheerleader in high school for like a year, so they're like, oh, help with cheerleading. Yeah. It's more just she wasn't like the actual coach; she just help out. But oh yeah, I would go to football games or basketball games, and oh yeah, those those seniors in high school, they're as far as they're concerned, they're grown men, and you know they they got this. Like they're trying to hook up Miss Lanco right now. <laughs> hey, Miss Lanco, what's, what's up? That's funny, man. So she's a high school teacher. Yep. Do you know the stuff that she teaches? Because I feel like right now I'd be so stupid with that the cu- curriculum that's happening right now. I know, I know. It's that's not. It's so. It's a world so far removed from mine that you know she teaches English and she'll be. Does she, oh, did she correct you? Uh, so she has before, but it's not. She mainly does like papers and like you know they'll read a book and do a book summary things like that. So it is. I've like, you know, she'll be grading. I'll like look over her shoulder and see and. She'll like correct something. I'm like, sounds good to me. I'm like, I'm a writer. I mean, <laughs> but, who uh, you, in the years that you guys have been doing this and you've been able to go out on the road with people, like, who are some of the uh, the acts that you've seen and went, man, that's really good because mm-hmm. you see everybody. Yeah, in this town, you yeah. it's such a. You may look at Nashville from the outside and go, "It's a big city," but it's such a small town for such a big industry. Yeah, so you get to see everybody yeah. at some point. Right. Who have you seen you look at and you go, man, that's really good. That's how that's how I want to do it. Maybe it's not exactly yeah. what I want to do, right, that, right. but that's how I want to do it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, definitely, I know we already talked about this, but Brothers Osborne would definitely be one. But other than them, I mean, you know, this this summer it was really cool. We got to play a lot of festivals, and so we got to see a lot of the huge, you know, A-list people like Jason Aldean. And, you know, I grew up with – I knew Jason Aldean since high school. You know, I, I am familiar with his music. But I'd never seen him live, and it was so cool because, yeah, Lanco is not Jason Aldean, and and that may not be what or who we are, but seeing him put on a show and the energy and the way he's communicating to the audience and just being a ringleader that night of you know just capitalizing on this opportunity where you have all these people and you're leading the charge of this is going to be a great night. We're all in this together. Seeing him do it a lot – I mean a lot of the pros got to – you know, I got to see Luke Bryan um, – People like that that you see how long they've been doing it. Uh, Miranda Lambert would be another one. You know, got to see her this summer, and and 
there's just a craft that they've mastered of. And there's a reason they're up there. Yes, exactly. Like, that's when you realize, you know, the music's good and they write and that part of it's great. But there's a reason why they're they're up there on that stage in front of 10,000, 20,000. Right. Because they're so good. Yeah. Keith Urban's that way for me. Yeah. Like to watch Keith Urban play. You can hear his songs are fantastic on the radio. Mm-hmm. He can come into my radio show and he sings fantastic. To watch him play live, it's a whole other dimension. You get, you're, yeah. like, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, he, he should be entertainer of the year. Then you go watch Karen, you're like, okay, she should be entertainer yeah. of the year. Then you go watch Luke, you're like, okay, he should be entertainer yeah. of the year. So those guys that are at, at that level, they're there because they are so good at doing that. Right, absolutely. And it's something, and, and we, you can all, no matter where you're at, you can always be learning. And we, you know, this past year, we just, we just absorbed everything because, and we're a big live band. You know, our live show, we take a lot of pride in it. And, and we love the live experience. We love people showing up and, and just knowing that. And that was one thing I learned at, at honestly, all the way back working at Bridgestone was all these people are coming here. They all have jobs. They all may have had a hard week. They all may have problems in their relationships, whatever it may be. But tonight is a big night. It's a special night that they're going to tell their friends about. I mean, you know, that's like Trip. He saw Jason Aldean when he was 16, and he still talks about it. And it's so cool. You know, Bruce Springsteen. I heard a thing where he always, you know, will tell his band, tonight could be somebody's first show and it could be somebody's last. So let's play like it. And knowing that you have this chance to impact people on a night and impact their lives and relate to them and sing these songs that it may be their anniversary song or it may take them back to a time in college where it was them and, and all their friends. It's just such an honor to be able to to have that opportunity to to play in front of people like that and seeing these people that have been doing it for so long and have mastered it and still just go out there with so much energy and, and are so captivating. Uh, it's, it's really fun to watch. You know, one of my friends, and I, and I don't use that word loosely, is Christian Bush from Sugarland, yeah. who is now doing stuff solo, but it's still, they're still Sugarland. And so, you know, five, seven, nine years ago, all those, Sugarland was. A list, mm-hmm. number one after number one, playing stadiums, right. arenas, whatever you want to call them. You know the big yeah, gigs, yeah. right? And I was talking to Christian because Christian came out and played with us, the Raging Idiots, and he played guitar and just sang background. And Christian and I've written a bunch together. We've yeah. written some some fun songs, goofy songs, you know. And so um, it was that I was we, were, we what we were doing. We were playing Doke. Campbell Stadium. We we're playing Florida State University, mm-hmm. and so it was us and Old Dominion and Tyler Farr, and Christian was playing guitar for us, and he's just doing it because he's a nice guy, he's just a good mm-hmm. dude. And I was like, "Hey, man, when you?" And he goes, "You know, I have actually played the stadium, you know, with, with Sugarland. We yeah. we played it." And I was like, "What is it like moving up, going from clubs to bigger clubs, maybe theaters? Then you start playing the the arenas." And he said, you know, it was a lot like I was so excited for those stadium arena mm-hmm. shows. But when you, once you do them, he said, sometimes the sound sucks. Yeah. Sometimes the guitars aren't right. He goes, right. it's kind of the same thing. Right. It's always the same. Yeah. And if you just practice in the smallest places at being the biggest you can be and you condition yourself to be that big all the way up and maintain – it stays the same all the way through yeah. because crap happens at, at every state. Right. Yeah, you're making more money, but it doesn't affect how good you are. Yeah. But at that point, you should already be there. Yeah, and that I think that early on that was kind of our mentality. Like I said, we were playing 
restaurants because even playing a bar was tough. So a restaurant might be like, okay, you can play whatever you want for an hour and a half. You know, Were you guys and, losing money early? A lot of bands lose money oh for a while. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely losing money. I mean, yeah, you would pay to play a gig. Like, as if you're going to drive to Chattanooga or drive to Atlanta or wherever it may be or Indianapolis, they may throw you 250, 500 bucks. Well, by the time you you pay for gas or if you stay in a hotel, you're absolutely paying about 100, 200 bucks to play that show. But you're just doing it. Because one, you're you're trying to get better. You're trying to kind of get your name out there. But a big part of it early on was we weren't playing great gigs. We weren't playing great venues. You know, we were happy to be there, but you know, they weren't the. It wasn't a theater. It wasn't a, a stadium. Um, it wasn't a club even. And we recognized early on if we don't go out there every night and just play the best that we can and have fun and enjoy what we're doing. And care that, you know what, there's only three people here, but this could be cool for them. This is, you know, let's let's give them good music and play the best we can. If you don't do that, it'll get really old really fast because it is, it's microphones every, it's the same microphones, same guitars, it's monitors, it's a stage, you know, it, it a lot of it, you're going through the same thing. So if you aren't reminding yourself, like, I get to be on stage and play music and I get to give this gift to people in the audience, then I think it could be a letdown. It could be disappointing. I think that people that have long careers, I think it's because they really do love it and they're in it because they love it because, and they don't know how to do anything else. Because if you were just doing it to play to more people and play to more people and get more, there's always going to be another thing you're trying to get to. There's always. It's gonna- like chasing money in the career world. The more you chase money, the less money you're actually going to make for the most part. Yeah. You're, if you chase passion, you're going to work harder at it. You're going to get better at it because you're working harder and because you're getting better at it, then the money comes. Right. And I think, too, you know, one thing in the band, when you travel a lot and you, you play with all these other bands, it's weird when you start doing this professionally because there's literally a ranking system. I mean, there's literally a chart. And it's like, well, you have the number whatever song or you have the number or and then you're on the road. It's like, well, they have a big fancy tour bus. Well, then once you get a tour bus, well, they have multiple fancy tour buses. And there's always a ladder to climb. And we'll we'll kind of just throw out this quote that's, you know, don't worry about it. Comparison is the thief of joy. Because at the end of the day, we're joyful just being able to make music and play music. And the second you start saying, if you get a number one, well, guess what? There's someone out there with three number ones. You get three number ones or someone out there with 10 or 20. If you're always looking at other people and comparing yourself, it'll rip away the joy from it. And, and it'll stop you from loving what you're doing. Let me ask you this. Not awkward for me to ask. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, you put out Long Live Tonight. Okay. Right. So the song comes out, and it's your first ma- major label single. Where did it peak? I believe 32. Okay, so for all intents and purposes, the single failed. If, we, you're, if you're comparing it by a chart standard. Yes, and I, and I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. comparing it by a chart standard. I'm yeah. comparing it by what everybody's going to say yeah, like, yeah. in radio world, yeah. which, trust me, I have issues with too. Yeah. I'm in the radio, and I find yeah. the radio people more than anybody. Which is so funny because like a normal person, like if, if you're like, I had a top 40 single, people yeah. are like, oh, my gosh, you're huge. But, yeah, no, you're shooting for that number one or top ten or whatever it is. Or whatever it is. Yeah. So it, the song comes out, and when they call you and say, all right. This song's dead. We're not pushing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Who who makes that call to you? Uh, our management talked to us about it. Like, and it was. Do you know it was coming? Yes, in a way. I mean, you want it to do well, and obviously you have. Like, I remember. It's funny because 
we we were learning all this last year. I mean, a year ago, I wouldn't be able to talk about radio the way I could talk about it now. Charts and all that stuff, I knew what they were. And you hear like number one, I don't know, but how do you get a number one? I just I'm just putting out music. And you know, when you talk to your radio reps, you're like, well, what's your like, what's your goal for this song? Like, where do you? Re-? They're like number one. You're like, wait, a number, and you realize there's the standard is a number one. That's and if it's not number one, so that was interesting for us to learn, but. In our mindset, releasing a single, we wanted it to reflect who we are. We but wanted did they to- have you hyped to think you're about to be a number one artist? Did, did they did they have it in your head like you're going to be a number one artist? Trust us on this, and you were like, and you were like, woo, and they were like, oh, it, it didn't make it. I, if they did, we weren't hyped. If they did, I think that their job is to be hyped and to and to work like it's got to be number one. We're just looking at it as, all right, you guys are going to work the song, and we're going to play it, and we believe in the song, and we're happy it's out there. I feel like you're honest right now. I don't know. Most of I wouldn't believe that answer, but I feel like you're being honest right now about this. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird. It just all happened. Like, last year, this all was just happening. It's your first single. I don't even know what a radio tour is a year ago, and then you're on radio tour. You're, Which means we, you're going to radio stations and playing in front of program records. Right, right. Yeah. And so we were – you're doing all that. So we're – honestly just trying to get through and we, we also were touring a lot last year so we're playing shows so if they're like hey you moved up the spot we're like great we got to go on stage and play like be we, honest with me was long live tonight in your mind a failure yes or no no it was not because was it a success yes the way that i would look at it i really think it was a success because first of all when we're looking at our first single we're wanting an accurate representation of us. Who is Lanco? What is Lanco? What's the vibe? What's the style like? And when you're looking at a year that's an election year, you're looking at all the stuff that's going on. You're looking at people and social media and all the distractions that are around us. I wanted a song that came out first that accurately represented who we are, both musically and lyrically. And also, we're going to play a lot of live shows. We're playing festivals. I wanted an anthemic song that people could rally around because ultimately that's what we want Lanco to be. So to have a song that goes out there, and I mean, it, it had, you know, it got up to, I think, near 18 million streams on Spotify. So the problem with that is, though, that's very playlisted. It is playlisted. Spotify's not accurate. Right. Not, now, not to hate on you right, guys. No, no, no. But no, that, no and there, I mean, there, there are instances where you'll look, I've looked, it's funny, because I'll look at playlisting, and I'll look at an artist that had number one, and they'll have like 7 million streams, and be on the playlist, and then... We're in the 30s and have 18 million. And although there is playlisting, at the end of the day, for me, it's not about like, oh, 18 million went and loved our song. That means it was played 18 million times, which means that that message that we cared about and we wanted people to hear, it got out there. And you know what? Getting in the 30s, people heard it on the radio. When we played these festivals, people are singing it. You know, if we play a club show, couple hundred people come out they're singing the song so for us to have a first year on the road first single at radio we had never in our lives had people sing a song with us we're just trying that's the coolest thing right yeah someone knows something that you yeah and and so for us to know that a year ago no one could sing one word of a song unless we're playing sweet caroline or sweet caroline Uh, dude once again (laughs) once again if i wrote that song we once again we'd be at my house in in my (laughs) uh, on the top of a hill um you had john rich's house right exactly but we uh so it was a success for us so you it was not a failure to you no it was long say it long left tonight was not a failure it was not a failure that's good too because most first singles don't even get the 30s. Right, right. Oh, that, trust now, me. I was going to pr- pressure hard on that. And ha- 
Whatever you said is the truth. Yeah. Everybody has their own truth. I, I just don't think I don't think if you're really an artist and you care about your art and you care about your songs, yes, you want it to be successful in the charts, but that can't be the measure. That's that can't be the way that you measure whether the song was successful or not. Because you gotta eat though. You gotta eat. Okay, if you're talking about like monetary, like did it buy me as many meals at a restaurant <laughs> as a number one would have? No, it did not. But did people hear it? Did it? I mean, we would have, I've had people after a show come up and be like, when you started playing Long Live Tonight, my friend and I started crying because we're graduating college and that's been our college anthem. That one story right there, the song's a success. I mean, to, to, as an artist. You're very much an artist. I feel like you could just go and write songs <laughs> and be an artist and be cool and happy. And I, I didn't believe that at first. I, I you're, would, too, you're too pretty. I didn't uh, believe that at first. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, tr- it, trust it, me, I've been writing songs and not having any success at all for a long time and been happy. So it's at this point in my life, it's kind of, I, I hope to always keep that, but, and trust me, I want success. I want, if you have a number one, that means way more people have heard it and you're impacting. But to me, even a number one just means more people are hearing it. So more people have the chance to understand you and know you and then come out to a show and then you get to give them the full thing. So that, that's kind of the way that I, I, I look at it. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, let me read. Let me tell you about Blue Apron. Do you have Blue Apron? I do not. I not kidding. I've listened. I listened to a few of your podcasts uh-huh. and heard you talk about it, and almost got it from my parents. It's in my for kitchen Christmas. right now too. Like if you walk in my kitchen, yeah, I saw there, it. There, you, like literally, it's in there. Oh, like, yeah. You're not lying. I have Blue I'm Apron. not lying. I because uh, they send it in a box and it comes and all the ingredients are there and you could like cook for your. Do you live with your girlfriend? I do not. You've been together six. years. Listen, it, it, maybe it's religious. I don't know. I don't know the deal with you. <laughs> You've been together six years. Yes. I'm supposed to talk about Blue Apron, but I'm going to pause for a second. <laughs> You've been together six years. Yeah. She's got to be kind of pushing you a bit. Like, Oh, yeah. We, we, have the, we have the talks about making – we've definitely not just talked. We've had very serious talks about that next stage in our relationship because we're not – we both want it. it. It was a thing where, too, when you're an artist, I don't think that I could afford to live in a shoebox – with my girlfriend up until even a year ago. So now it's just like, she okay. She got a good job though. I mean, yeah, she's a teacher. She's yeah. a good job. but it, Solid. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, my life has changed the past year, year and a half, which means that we could have more talks. I'm like, I lived with my parents for like two years here because I was making no money from music. And so when you're like living with your parents and, and you go marry her. What? I, I, I hope yeah. so. Visceral reaction, what? Okay, I hear you. No, yeah, I, listen, I, I hope it works out. I'd never met her. I, I'm it, sure. It will. It will. To deal with someone who, and I felt like in the last hour of us talking, I could tell that you're, you're an artist person. There are, there are performers. There are artists. There are musicians. And they're all the same, but they're mm-hmm. really not. Mm-hmm. An artist likes a full representation of them, and they don't really focus on the accolades that come with it, they just want that product to be pure because it makes them feel pure. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel from you through talking to you. Would, yeah. you, would you say that's accurate? That is accurate. And, and two, it's, trust me, I want, I want lots of people to know about Lanco. I want Lanco to be absolutely huge. I would love to be a huge success. But if that's going to happen, I want everyone to be on the same page. I want the fans, if you have fans of the audience, you want them you want to feel like you all have a common thread, which is this music. And so I absolutely I, – I want huge things for Lanco. I literally want to be the biggest band there is in country music. But if it's going to happen, I want it to happen. I want to be able to sleep at night. I want all of us to be able to sleep at night and be like, we are proud of this. 
Well, speaking of Blue Apron, <laughs> not all ingredients are created equal. And that's why Blue Apron's awesome because they send you all the ingredients. They're fresh ingredients. It's affordable. There's variety. It's flexible. It's easy. It's guaranteed. And they come and you can make, you cook your own meals and it's all pre-portioned out. And you, you make crazy stuff too that you would never make because they have these great recipes. And $10 per person per meal. And I don't just talk about it. Like literally – and I, didn't, I don't put it there because you came over it. It was just there because it just came in the mail. Yeah. It, it comes in the box. And, um, you know, you cook it, and you're like – you can trick your girl too and be like, hey, <laughs> when you come home, like, I'm going to cook. She has no idea what her blue apron is. <laughs> like so uh, first three meals are free right now if you go blueapron.com slash bones, blueapron.com slash bones. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Do you listen to some of these or one or two of these before you came over? Yeah. What you, who'd you hear? Uh, Ryan Hurd. Yeah. I listen to people I know, so I, I know Ryan, so I listen to his. And, you and uh, Ryan are a lot alike, dude. Yeah. <laughs> In the approach of just like, I just want my goodness to be in the, the it, like environment. Yeah. I want to do the best. Yeah. You and Ryan are a lot alike in that way. Yeah. You, you don't like look Ryan alike. Like, I'm telling you, looking at you, I'm like, look at this little pretty boy. Come on. You're like, come. <laughs> He's going to talk about some girls. I need to grow my hair out and, no, and no, kind no. of have the That's Jesus Ryan's beard. Like, like Ryan, Ryan looks like Jesus. He does. Right. Ryan looks like, you know, Jesus. And is a good, Ryan's a good one. Ryan's a good one. Who else do you hear? Uh, his and Preston from Locash. Oh, dude. That's, Which, a, that's a good dude. I literally, Trip and I listened to it and Trip texted him and I, I got to text him because I, I did not know their story. I thought it was so cool to hear just how hard, talk about working hard and sticking with it and, and uh, believing what you're doing enough to stay with it that long through all the hardships. I, I was really inspired by it. Success is not about getting it right. Success is about continuing after you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Because you're going to get it wrong 500 freaking times. Right. And every time you get it wrong, you learn a little something else. Yeah. Until you learn just enough to get it right. And do you have the ability, do you have the fortitude to continue hanging through all the misses to collect all of this knowledge and experience and then put out American Love Story? Because <laughs> that's there what's going to happen, go. my friend. I'm telling you. Go. Listen, I got a little thing called the ear, right? <laughs> and my ear likes American Love Story. I think it's a good... I, I that was going to be... It's a good song for you guys. Like the whole thing, like the song for yeah. radio for the whole. Yeah. Thing. We're really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I hope so because I'm excited about it. Yeah. And I thought long time it was fine. Yeah. I mean, listen, I didn't play it. I was like, yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> I liked you guys, and I thought you guys were good. And I yeah. and I told you guys that I was like, hey, you guys are good. Like I watch you play, I'd be like, yeah, you're really good. I thought long enough time was fine. Yeah. I, American Love Story, and I wouldn't lie, I wouldn't be. Why do I care? I'm yeah. Well, we well we just warmed you up then for American Love Story. Hey, Here there we go. go. <laughs> So what's the deal now? You're out back, back out playing tomorrow. You're, You're out. back out in New Orleans with Brothers Osborne. Man, well, is that American Love Story? Is that, that going to be on the radio? Like it's going to be the next radio song, right? Yeah, it's the next single. Did I know that, or did I just hope that? I don't even know that I knew that. I think you hoped that along with everyone else, May, maybe. And, and so, but it is. It's it was. Deci- I mean, it's we've all been wanting that and pushing for that for a long time. It's, it's not the single right now. There's not the, you don't have a single right now, do you? No, we haven't had an ad date yet for it. Okay. So I think I was just hoping it. Well, your hopes came true. Yes. There you go. I love it. Just when my for hopes you. Came true. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Of, um, and you guys are good. Thank um, you very much, man. And so. In the land of a lot of good stuff, you get, you know, and you're a band, and it's, it's rare yeah. now. Yeah. You know, um, not a lot of bands. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, trust me, I'm, 
I'm honored to be in a band. I'm really happy that I'm in a band because it's such a different dynamic and it's such a cool dynamic and it's, it's, and it's a cool dynamic to bring to country music that you're right. There's not a lot of, so I'm, I'm proud to be in a band. Ever fist fought with anyone in the band? No, we, there's been a, a, some definite, you know, confrontations. There's there needs to be though. Oh yeah. It's a relation. It's like a marriage. Absolutely. And that's, I think, you know, we actually, there was a time it's funny. Yeah. You go through the infatuation stage. Then you go to that stage where everyone's getting on your nerves. Yeah. And when you work through that and you learn how, what kind of how everyone ticks and, and what everyone's strengths and weaknesses are, then you kind of learn what buttons not to push. And, and if someone says something that maybe a few years ago you would have like reacted to and picked a fight, you're like, eh, he, that's just the way that's how he said, that's how he handles that. Or, or if someone handles the situation a certain way that you do not agree with, or you would not do it that way you kind of understand well that's how they are and you you come to terms with that i think that also though a strength that we have and one reason that five guys we could stick together for so long we do all have very different personalities we have i mean all five of us if there were all guys like me i think we would kill each other if there were all guys like trip yeah if there were all guys like chandler i don't know if they would kill each other they might just like never talk to each other he's the quiet passive one have but, you uh, seen all four of the other guys naked uh, like totally naked. Yeah, just yeah, sure, naked. Have you seen all of their genitalia? I don't think so. Whose genitalia have you not seen? Uh, Jared. Work on that. And Eric. Yeah, I'll work on that Those tonight. Two. Actually, listen, I'll, just I'm just saying. You know, we're on the we're on the road a lot. Yeah. I've seen Eddie's balls. <laughs> That's part of it. You're just in a closed circle. You're just in a place. It's, you're tight and changing. Yeah. You're moving there, around. See, we like to keep some mystery. That's the thing. Like, like you keep know, it hot. Keep yeah, we're, keep, yeah, we don't want to. We, we're going to be together a long time, so we don't want to give it all away too early. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, listen. Good luck to you guys, man. I, I appreciate you coming by the house. Thank and, you. For, thanks for having me, man. Look, yeah. we kind of know each other, but not well enough to where, like, I'm pretty much a stranger coming over to your house. So thank you for inviting me because. I did peek in your bedroom, and I could be totally crazy. Just don't but, steal anything. Uh, all <laughs> you got some nice guitars. I mean, like, they're uh, tempting. They, you do have nice guitars, man. Thanks. I I've been I've been lucky. I've you know I've got some cool some cool signed ones. Yeah, you're left-handed though, so the left. And I have like, some cool ones that I pull. Yeah, it, it's to, what sucks for me is I'm left-handed and I can't play anybody else's guitar. Yeah, and that sucks because if I'm like, hey, I want to play something. I can't. Yeah. But what sucks for everybody else is they come over and I don't have any right-handed guitars. Oh, yeah. I saw that guitar downstairs about to pick it up. I was like, oh, never mind. It's, it's the wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, me and uh, who who else plays left-handed? Uh, Hendrix. Uh, Hendrix, but he, he played it. The strings Upside were down. still flipped. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Maddie and Tay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, Tay plays left-handed. Yeah. Chase Bryant plays left-handed. Yeah. Who else, Mike, you say? Oh, uh, I mean, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. We're very similar, Kurt and I are. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Uh, does Paul McCartney play the bass yeah. left-handed? Yeah. He, right? He does? Yeah. You ever read, you ever see, like, and read, I don't know what kind of music you like, like, just you, um, but you ever, like, study the Beatles and how they would play, like, six hours a night in Germany? Yeah. Over? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they would play for hours a night, and I'd... I saw one thing where this manager came out early on to see them play and passed on him. He was either manager or someone that wanted to sign them and passed on him because he was like, this whole electric guitar thing is a phase and big band music is coming back. And it's like, man, to be that guy and think you missed out on the Beatles. You know, everybody, though, 
it, the biggest acts were all passed on at some point. Yeah. And it's Luke was passed on. I mean, everybody, everybody was passed, and everybody had failed singles. Like, I, yeah, I've talked to Luke many times, even off the year. Um, Luke and I are friendly off there. I would say it's a friend, but we're friendly. There's there are stages with me. I try to stay away from artists like personal, yeah. so I can be objective right. and say things like "Long Live Tonight" was just fine. You know, <laughs> I, you know. It's, well, no matter what, I still want you to say that if a song's fine. I want you to say, no matter how good of friends we become, if we have a fine song, please say it's fine because we need honesty. <laughs> I would just not say anything. That would be a dumb. would be like, no, say it's fine, man. <laughs> so I, with, if Luke had failed singles like crazy. Right. Like crazy. Yeah. And, he, and people pass on him like crazy. Mm-hmm. So uh, my point was, I have no point. Uh, let's do this quickly. Take everyone out of country music from your answer. That you're not allowed to answer anything country. Okay. okay. So... Three artists that you love that aren't country that are alive right now. Who alive? Um, do you know Jason Isbell? I do. Would that count as country? You can say whatever you want. This, right. the, there's not a referee here. Yeah, okay. Brandon, I right. would say okay. Well, you said not country, so I, but he's kind. He's kind of country, but he's like in that folk Americana. Ameri- I would say it's Americana. Love Jason Isbell. Uh, seen him a couple times at the Ryman. Um, Ryan Adams, uh, art. You're, you're an art dude. I mean, like <laughs> Ryan Adams is pure art. I mean, that's yeah. an art. That's an art, and you love them, or you're you don't get it. Yeah. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't get Ryan Adams, but sometimes right. I love it. Yeah. And that's that's the thing with me. It's like as long as even with artists like that, there are things I don't get either. But you're more forgiving when you really love them as an artist. You're like, that's not speaking to me, but I know that this artist has the ability to, as opposed to just a, a act where you're like, oh, I like some of those songs, and if there's not a song you like, then you're done. You're like, oh, whatever, I don't like that song. It's also the people that take chances I admire and respect, even if I don't like the chance they took. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. The, Absolutely. The, and you know who is an artist, and I want one more before I, before I go on. Give me another artist that's not in country that you're like, ah, oh, okay. Um, you know, I like Coldplay. I've seen them a they're few all, times. They're, in all, they're freaking awesome. Yeah, and they—they're—that's one. You know, Ryan Adams, Jason Isbell are more. Yeah, they're more artsy and more. You know, kind of more. Coldplay calm. was artsy though when they came out. Right. To, to be fair, right. super artsy. Well, I love Coldplay's combination of the artsiness and the uh, authenticity, but also their live show is what I would want out Fantastic. of a live show. They're so—I mean—they're so entertaining and so charismatic on stage and so captivating. So those would be my three. God, Coldplay's so good. Yes. Every part of them is so good. Oh, yeah. Like, Chris I'm, Martin's a nut. By the way, and, I, and I've met Chris Martin a couple times. Yeah. He's nuts. <laughs> He's really nice. Yeah. He's nuts. But to be an artist, you're nuts. Like I said earlier, and in our profession, you realize that, too. Right. That to be super creative, you have got to have something inside of you that's different than everyone else. And when you're different than everyone else, you're different than everyone else. Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. And I think that if you're like that, that's why I'm just so thankful to be an artist because I've always kind of known I was different than everyone else. But when you actually – it's your job to be different to everyone else and, and you're responsible for it, it it's it's kind of captivating. It's it's freeing. From this talk here – and I'm, uh, I'll go to Mike D for his thoughts in a second too. I don't really know I was getting into it with this, frankly. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll bring Brandon up. We'll talk to him. Um, but I don't – like I – there's an artist element that I respect more about the band now than, Thank you. than just like, hey, let's make a band and put out some songs. Right. Yeah. You can't trick me either because yeah. I'm amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've seen it all. I will you sniff out the bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, this is a joke. Yeah. 
And that's I'm glad you see that. That's one of the biggest things we talk about. That and that's we try and do video series stuff. We we it's impossible talk about, to get across though, dude. I know it's impossible. It, but you know what? It, I'm telling you, don't waste your time with it. Right. Just put out good songs, and your fans will then find it. And then ever like Coldplay. Do you think people knew it first? No, it took years for us right. to figure it out. Yeah. Don't focus on that. Yeah. Because nobody cares. Also, nobody cares. Right. Like really, <laughs> yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. Oh, I know, man. Give them a song. They find the song. They learn more about you. Right. Give them another song. They learn. Then you have fame. Like real. Right. So. And we've accepted. We've accepted. You know what? What our path is and what we're trying to do. It's going to take time. It's going to take work because it is. It is a. It's you have a relationship with your fans, and there's that first stage. Like the first singles, kind of like the first date. Then, you know, if you have a hit, that's kind of like, and you just keep moving along. And it, it takes a, an album or two for people to really understand. And really, I mean, uh, and I think artists keep evolving and, and it really is a relationship with fans, and, but it takes a while. I think when you take that path, it does take a while for people to figure out who you are and then people to really love who you are and, and stay with you. But if you do that, I think that then there's more longevity because your fans that are not just like, oh, I love that song. It's cool. It's catchy. It's I really love Lanco. I appreciate them. I like the work, you know, whatever it is. Um, but it's got to start with just, yeah, you're right. Put out some songs. People like them. They'll listen and. Nobody fell in love with Coldplay because of their art. They fell in love because right. Yellow was freaking awesome. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you got. Trust me. I know you got to have a hit. I mean, that's just that's the, you got to have a hit. It's the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're running out of time, but who's in your class of artists? Not classes in good or bad, but mm-hmm. you guys kind of came into this earth together of yeah. music signing at the same time. Like a few artists it could they, they could have many hits, and then, but who do you consider to be in your class? Well. You know, Marin, she signed like right around the same time we did. Now she has just exploded. She's coming in next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's awesome. Never we, heard of we her. We signed. Yeah, never heard of her. <laughs> she uh, she signed around the same time. But I would, I mean, we signed, but then we took a while to actually get things. Give going. Give me some answers. Same class, Marin, Ryan. I would consider Ryan Hurd, Kane Brown, Jordan Rager, uh, like Brooke Eden. I'm thinking of people that were like on radio yeah. tour at the same time. Fair, we that's exactly what I'm asking for. So yeah. in five years, you're going to be like, we were in the same. Because yeah. all the guys are in different class. You know, right. the, the Cole and Tyler Fars. The, yeah, you know, yeah. the, there are a lot of these guys that kind of came up together. The thing that I was talking about earlier, I just want to mention this before we get off of this, is that when I was talking about artists, what I appreciate is people that go and take chances. Yeah. And being okay with failure as long as – they took the shot that felt good and felt right to them. They didn't mm-hmm. listen to a lot of people going, hey, this isn't going to work on the radio. And who, who's done that recently and without commercial success to this point is Aubrey Sellers. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of her record. Yeah. I've never, I've never, ah, maybe I've seen her. I have a, I don't know if I've seen her live. I don't think I've seen her live. I mean, but yeah, but yeah. I love her record because nobody else, it's, yeah. it's a, Full like country bluegrassy blues record. There are no acoustics, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. It's a country record, but it yeah. sounds like nothing else. Right. And you know what? It could fall on its face, and no way goodbye. It. Or it could really switch up an entire format. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. The fact that she puts herself out there to fail makes me love it. Yeah, I love failure. Yeah, yeah. That's more. I mean, it's it's just and it's more interesting than just someone who. 
even if it works, it's like that. You just don't want to be a carbon copy of something. You don't want to be like so and so junior. You know, if there's a Florida Georgia, you don't want to be Florida Georgia line junior or Luke well, we Bryan junior. I mean, we, we, def- want- we definitely don't want Florida Georgia line junior. <laughs> like, first, like, please God. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but that's, I think, as an artist, if you're an artist, it's like you want to work and you want to be successful. Yes, you want everyone to love you, know who you are. But if you're going to do it, you want it to be because you're original and you offered something that other people weren't offering. And so, I, I, yeah, and Aubrey Sellers absolutely does that. I have decided you are the Chris Martin of country music. Do this. All right, I'll take it. You're a little weird. <laughs> you, you can sing. You're passionate about it. I like it. All right, uh, good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thank you so much yeah. for having me, man. You download American Love Story. Uh, you download it. Listen, those streams, are, that's, that's all. It's like Facebook. Those metrics are <laughs> full of crap. But I'm glad you have much streams. All right, who cares? <laughs> download it. That's where the key is. I, hey, I agree. Download you it. it. If you love an artist, download their music. I agree. There's real money. Ha- you know, you yeah. guys got to eat. Yeah, you got to eat, and you got to have money for the next record. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one gets 50 million streams. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Episode 30 over. Hey, Mike, any questions for Brandon before we go? You've, heard, you've been listening for yeah, a while. How long after that first meeting with Jay did you quit your Bridgestone job? Um, A few months. Uh, I quit when he finally – I started writing with him and some other people for a few months, and then he said, hey, you guys ready to come in here and make a record next week? That was how much notice we had. We were like, uh, sure. Like, how long are we going to be in the studio? He's like, I mean, we'll stay in here till it's done, but two weeks, three weeks. What it, so we all kind of – could, you can't ask for three weeks off work. We all kind of lost had, our jobs. You had to quit. I've, and that's why you have you have those jobs. So you can lose them. What were you <laughs> making at Bridgestone? Working at the hot minimum dog wage, like uh, seven, eight bucks an hour, and free hot dogs. You got the free hot dog end of the oh, night. Yeah. End of the night though. And the, yeah, and the, no, you got one free hot dog whenever you wanted. End of the night after they counted what you didn't sell, you could have a burger. Whatever you didn't sell was well, wasn't really a fair game, but. It kind of was. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are they going to do with it? Yeah. And by it? law, they can't donate it. Yeah. You, they have to throw it out. Right. So they donate it to me. And yeah. I so it. Your, your belly got donation. <laughs> uh, Mike, one more question. Is there anything else you want to ask? How do you feel about it? Are you good? Do you think, think this guy's. He can't hear us. Do you think this is full of crap? Or I, think, I think it's legit. Dude. Okay. okay. Good. I'm going to put him back. Okay. Put it back up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, good to see you. Good to see you, yeah, man. Uh, Thanks so much. Download. Go see uh, Lanco. I was gonna be forever. One piece of advice. Ready. As soon as you get a hit, go solo. <laughs> I just play. I just hope play. my band's not listening to the end of this podcast. I <laughs> oh, no, shout out to all those other guys too. They've all, you guys, I, I like you guys. Thank I, you, man. But I've only met four of you. Like, right. We got to find the missing link. I don't. Yeah, that's the weird the thing. Jesus. I think the last time I saw you guys outside the hotel, outside like the Hilton. Yeah. Uh, it was freezing cold, waiting on our cars. Yeah, it was like CRS or whatever. It was something. Oh, that's, yeah, and all it was real brief. Stuff. We were like trying to say hi, but yeah, we were all freezing. And it was like, yeah, good, get yeah, my car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, episode thirty is over. Thanks to our sponsors, Blue Apron, Sleep Number. We go buy all that stuff and download Lanco. We go watch Lanco and. Tattoo Lanco on your body, all that stuff. Yeah, especially that one. We'll see you. We'll see you guys uh, next time. Thanks. Episode 31's over. Bye, everybody.